0: Did he ever say I love you before he died? He did not and he uh my father's f- father left him when he was 2 years old. So he had his my father had his own thing, you yeah. know. So I don't I, I don't fault him for being who he was, you know. He yeah. just he tried and he he couldn't. But I remember um towards the end when we kind of knew you know, uh, probably in the next year, we wouldn't have him with us anymore. Yeah. And I remember he was in the hospital here. And I, you know, of course at that moment, I I wanted to say it. So I said, all right, I'm going to like, uh, uh, all right, I love you, dad. And his response was, I know you do. Oh my God. That, that was it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I can't take it.
0: <laughs> I can't
1: take it. <laughs> That is the voice of the great Ray Romano. We are uh, we're rerunning this episode today because uh, it was one of my favorites from last year, and his movie that he wrote, directed, and starred in, which is called Somewhere in Queens, is now streaming on Hulu, so it's available uh, wherever y- you are. Ray is one of my favorite comedians of all time. So funny, and he's also just very wise. He has seen and done so much. Um... I should point out that we just added more shows to the Please Stop the Ride tour. That's my 2024 tour that began in Boston. Keep in mind, this is all different material than the old man in the pool. It is an all new hour that is currently titled Please Stop the Ride. We just added a second show at the Chicago theater. Uh, We also just added Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I have never been there before. Uh, Sterling Harjo, who's a guest on the show, and uh, and many other folks have told me, you got to go to Tulsa, so I'm going there. Uh, those are newly added shows. I also added a third show in Denver. I added a third show in Washington, D.C., um, and a handful of other places. In February, I will be in Florida, St. Petersburg, Jacksonville, Orlando, and Miami Beach. In March, if you're anywhere in Colorado, uh, I am coming to town with my brother, Joe. It is the Mike Birbiglia does comedy. Joe Birbiglia goes skiing portion of a Please Stop the Ride tour. I'll be in Aspen, which I love. It's a gorgeous little, like, 500-seat opera house. Uh, I think it's called a Opera House in Aspen. Gorgeous, awesome. Beaver Creek is very similar, like a gorgeous little theater there. Uh, Fort Collins and then Denver, like I said, we just added a third show. Um, in April, I'll be in Tulsa, which we just added, and then I'll be in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, and then three shows in Austin, Texas. The Moon Tower Comedy Festival is a very sentimental venue for me because it's the theater where we, we did the world premiere of the movie Don't Think Twice um, many years ago. So I love, I love going to Austin, and I love that theater. In April, I'll also be in Chicago at the Chicago Theater. We added another one. And then in May, I'll be in Los Angeles. A few seats left for that. Troy, New York, which we actually just added a second show in Troy, New York. Rochester, Toronto, where we added a third show. Atlanta, Charlotte, Richmond, and then Washington, D.C. Niagara Falls on July 5th, which is really exciting. Sag Harbor on Long Island july 26 and 27 get those tickets at burbigs.com or sign up for the mailing list i really love this uh, episode with ray romano we talk about our italian families we talk about joke structure he tells a wild story about being robbed at gunpoint uh you can check out ray's movie somewhere in queens streaming on hulu it's an excellent movie enjoy my chat with the great ray romano What is the thing that keeps you doing stand up, keeps you like challenging yourself? Like, wh- like, where, like, cause you don't have to. Well, I don't have to financially. That's I'm why I brought lucky. you here yeah, today. I'm borrow, lucky. I'm yeah. lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing
0: this for the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do this for the steps, to get the steps in. Yeah. <laughs> Third floor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I want to not be bored, you know, and I want to not be, I want to, I, I, it's scary, but to quote—I've co- been quoting Lionel Richie all day, all week, because <laughs> he says on American Idol, he says to the singers, uh, "Life begins at the end of your comfort zone." Oh. You know, um, so you know, just signing on to, to direct this was the scariest thing. But it was that kind of philosophy. Life is, begins
1: at the end of your comfort zone is a fantastic quote.
0: <laughs> yes. I don't know if it's with Lionel, if it's his quote, but he does say it a lot. And uh, and I get it. But um, everyone, I, I, occasionally people tell me, why, why aren't you retired? And just blah, 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 Because I don't do it for the money. I do yeah. it. Uh, I, I have to do it. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, it, may, it, it keeps me going, it gets me up in the morning. Um, I like to create and I like to, um, I get the, I get the high from it. Uh, and some, to quote another director, uh, I'm not gonna say his name, <laughs> but they asked him, why do you make a movie? So many movies. And he said, because it keeps me from thinking of death. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh. Yes, of course.
0: <laughs> a little morbid, but,
1: uh, That's really funny. Yeah. And of course, when, when you're united at the cellar, all we talk about is our health. I know. It's like yeah. it's like the, every, every other conversation is you being like, what's your cholesterol look like these days? That's so funny. But uh, <laughs> well, you really, like recently you said to me with a, a degree of certainty that someone who isn't a doctor I don't think has ever t- had to me, you were like, you should get on statins. You were like, I wish I had gotten on statins well, 15 you know, years
0: ago. I can say this now because... Did I talk to you yeah, about yeah, my yeah. stent? I had a stent. had a stent, yeah, yeah. Right. And Which
1: means, for people who don't realize, it means you didn't have a heart attack. No, no. You had a blockage. Yeah, but
0: I had, but anyway, the, the weird thing is I said it on, on Marin, I just said I had a stent, and to, right now, today, I'm Googling myself because my movie's coming out, and <laughs> right. I want to read the reviews. <laughs> but <everything, laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. This is ridiculous. Can you Google Ray Romano and go to news? And you will see the top ten things are Ray Romano heart surgery. That's so funny. It's all clickbait because it's not I didn't really have heart surgery. And it was two and a half
1: years ago. You couldn't be getting better reviews for your <laughs> surgery. I mean the reviews for the surgery are through. Well the what's funny
0: is what's good is if they click on it. They'll say oh, he, he was on Marin promoting his movie. So my movie gets the plug anyway.
1: You got 90% on, uh, on, on Rotten Surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Your, sh- your movie is, by the way, like 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I was yeah. glad about because I actually feel like I saw the movie without reading review. I had a super emotional reaction. I was crying, yeah. crying. Jenny did too. I'll tell you yeah. what's great about seeing a movie in a theater People cry around you. You're crying. You can can hear people sniffling. You gotta see it in a theater. It's a human connection.
0: Yes, it's a communal experience. This is why I, forget about my movie. I just want theaters to exist and I want people to go. Yeah. Just for that reason you're saying. Yeah. Even the laughter when you, you know, crying. laughter too. Hearing people cry and seeing people get emotional. Yeah. That's okay, but then laughter, there's nothing better um, you know, for a comedy, yeah, okay. I want people to watch the movie, but watching it in your living room and not having the soundtrack of the audience, you yeah, because when the, when people laugh, it's like it's like watching a an action film without a soundtrack. You know, yeah. what I mean, if you're watching a comedy by yourself on a couch, I mean, you can still enjoy it. But it, and and then that's that it's that bond of these are strangers and we're all kind of. Uh, um, feeling the same thing, you know, They're different ways, but yeah.
1: Well, I had the thing, the thing that crushed me, and it's, it's funny because you were saying the other night, I was like, your, your movie made me cry, and you were like, you know, my show, Old Man in the Pool made you cry. I was thinking about that later. And I was like, oh, well, we both have dad stuff. Because in yeah. my show, I talk about how my dad doesn't say I love you. Yes. And then this movie... There's like a dad who withholds love yeah, in some way, yeah, shape, or form. You can't say it, yeah. 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 But
0: Which, that's what killed That's kill, my life, too. That's what killed me. I always have the line uh, if my father hugged me once, I wouldn't have to do any of this shit. So, <laughs> yeah. One, <laughs> all all one hug. That's all it would have took. Did, I, did he ever say, I love you before he died? He did not. And he, um, listen, I don't, I, I don't, uh, I, uh, my father's father left him when he was two years old. So he had his, my father had his own thing, you know. So I don't, I I don't fault him for being who he was, you know. He just, he tried and he he couldn't. But I remember um, towards the end when we kind of knew, he was okay, but he was close to, you know, probably in the next year, we wouldn't have him with us anymore. Yeah. And I remember he was in the hospital here and I was living in LA. So the times I would come in and whatever. And when I left, you never knew if I was going to see him again. Yeah. <clears throat> and I left the hospital one time and I was going back to LA. And I go, all right, dad, I'm going to LA. Goes, all right. And I, and I never, you know, hard, had a hard time saying it to him because, you know, we'd never said it to each other. Yeah. And I, you know, of course at that moment, I... I wanted to say it. So I said, all right, I'm going to, like, uh, uh, all right, I love you, Dad. And his response was, I know you do. Oh, my God. And that, that was it. Yeah. I can't take it. <laughs> I can't take it. <laughs> I know you do. And I don't know if that was his way of saying it or if it was. Uh, my sister Gina sent me this today. As most as he could say. This is the my
1: most... dad's family in Queens when he was growing up. He's the kid. He's the boy. Wait a minute, Which boy? Left. Always oh, yeah, a little boy there. little boy, yeah. Oh, it's my wow. dad in Queens. Somewhere. Wow, the some, mother,
0: uh, the one who's on, who's on who's who's behind him is that I think his, it's his
1: mom? Yeah. She looks like a a,
0: a member of my family. <laughs>
1: that's They all do. That's my somewhere in Queens. So you're Italian? I'm Italian, too. Sicilian.
0: Oh, you know my wife, that's wrong. Yeah. Wife. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They the, the looks and the dresses, the black yeah, dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Do you do you have other members of the family who are emotional who say I love you? I my younger brother probably yeah my younger brother me and my my brother and I are a year and a half apart so we had the same uh, you know the, the the same era of my father yeah my younger brother is seven years younger so he softened up a little still didn't say it but wasn't as you know we were we were kind of afraid of my dad when we were kids you know. And then when he became, when he got older, he had a dry, weird little sense of humor. And he would, he would, we would laugh at him, but we would make him laugh. But like my wife uh, did not get him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sure. And um, I've, my wife didn't get him is probably an understatement of the century. So he would, he um, found
0: a way to play back our outgoing messages on our machine. Yeah. Okay. He found the code, you know. He could play our, when, when answering machines existed. And he would call up, listen to our machine, and then he would leave a message and say, hey, Anna, you know, your friend Linda went to the doctor. Maybe you should go. All right. He, would be, he thought he was being funny. Yeah. And my, and my wife was furious. You know, that's like reading our mail. And this was just, we were just only married one year, two years. You got to talk to him. I would tell him, dad, I think it's funny. All right, I'm going to give you give you credit. She doesn't think it's funny. Ah, come on. I go. Please tell me. All right, all right. And then he topped himself. He found a way to change our outgoing message. Not the. He didn't listen to our messages. Yeah. He changed. So when instead when of you call, yes, it's, it's yes. your dad. Instead right. so, of you right, exactly. saying, "Hey, so, it's Ray, leave so, a message," so, right, it's right. your dad. So he wrote, and, and my and we called up once, and hey, you've reached Ray, Ray, and Anna. Leave a message if you want. Al Romano, I'm at two six eight two zero. And my wife cried. She actually literally
1: <laughs> <laughs> cried. She was so mad. Did your dad like that Peter Boyle play? Your, Peter yeah. Boyle was a, legend, is a, was a legendary actor. Yes. Like some of the greatest like, film and TV roles of all time. Yeah, yeah. He
0: was a great man. He was just the, kind of just the opposite of the guy on the TV show. Yeah. He was so smart, you know. Yeah. Did you know John Lennon was the oh be- gosh, yeah. best man at his wedding? and he was a he he was a, a monk who took a vow of silence at yes. one point yeah and um so he could talk to me about the stupidest things you know and then he could argue politics with Patty Heaton
1: um wow so he was all of that yeah
0: he was when, really great when
1: you were making the series because man so many seasons so many episodes it's like yeah. and after a certain point first season you're probably basing on your life probably season 2 3 on it's what is it at that point? Whose life is it? Is the writer's wrong. That's well, right. Like,
0: yeah. I mean, everybody, they were all married with family except for one guy. So everybody brought, you know, Phil Rosenthal would come in and say what happened. Tell his stories, what yeah. Happened? Yeah, or he would ask the guys on the weekend, go home and have a fight with your wife and bring it back in. Oh you know, God. yeah. <laughs> did, um, it,
1: did Anna ever object to anything on the show where, she, where she'll go, actually, it happened this way kind of thing?
0: She would say once in a while, she would say, I, I don't want to see this on the show. <laughs> oh, my you know? gosh. Yeah. And I, this is my stupid joke. And I would tell her to uh, go cry on a bag of money. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's my Jesus. stupid joke. Yeah. Um, but uh, once in a while. But not in that way. One 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 night we were sitting in bed watching, and there was a scene with me and Patty. And she watched a scene, and she said, um, you've just talked to her in that scene more than you've talked to me the whole week. Oh, my gosh. And I said, well, we have writers. Oh, my gosh. I don't have a writer for you. uh, (laughs) She never really got too bent about what what we do. And even in my act, you know, in my act, I'm worse than what was on the show. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, constantly about... Yeah, what thirty five years married, no sex, and all that stuff, you know, and and she does a little bit now. Oh, now I got to go listen to you say, uh, oh you know, God. I got to, I have the stupid joke of um, when we have sex now, my wife has to take off her Apple Watch because it keeps going. Time to move. Right? <laughs> I got to hear how how bad I am at sex now, whatever you know, but she never really follows through. It's always just. Yeah. She's just voicing it, but she knows it's it's part of the deal. You <laughs> Not the deal, but it's
1: it's harmless, really. You, know? you have such a sweet family. I met I met Anna, I met Allie. It's yeah. all at the comedy teller. It's really yes. sweet. Yes. Did you meet Did you meet the boys? I think I met the boys too. Yeah. I think you had a whole family one night. Yeah. Your daughter. I don't even know if it's public or you say she just got engaged. She did. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, you know she got engaged when I was in Vegas. Um, this weekend I was in Vegas. I worked Vegas this weekend, and we got there my wife well, my wife came with me because and she never comes, but we because we were flying here to do the movie stuff from Vegas, so she came to Vegas and we got there and uh, an hour later, my daughter sent a picture of her with the ring on, and I said i'm in Vegas for an hour i 'm already down five hundred thousand <laughs> 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 But yeah, she's engaged and and my son is engaged. My my uh one, oh, wow. of my, one of my twins got engaged. So we have two ready. I'm I'm ready to be a a grandfather.
1: Does it feel like your kids getting engaged? Does it feel like uh like a stage, like a next a next step in your life?
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, I I I I have friends like I, I'm you know, I'm in a different age than you. Um, um you're not going to hit that grandpa age yet, you know. Yeah. But my friends are or kids are having kids. Yeah. And it, I'm looking forward to it, you yeah. know. And yeah, I want I I I I want to move on into that stage quickly before I want to be able to bend down and pick them up, you know. I get uh, that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, it, I always say this to you at the seller. I always says there's not that many comedians who stay funny over 60. You know, you're 65. <laughs> and it's like and because yeah. well, I think about it all the time. Cuz sometimes I go like, I don't know. Well, maybe yeah. I know what you're saying. Maybe yeah. you know, maybe I won't do stand up in my 50s. Maybe I'll direct movies yeah. or this or that Or maybe I'll do something else. Because I I have that fear. Yeah. That what if I'm not funny at a certain age? You're a riot. It's like do yeah. you think there's secrets to it? I don't know what the formula is for that,
0: you know. I know what you're talking about. Um, And 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 I don't even know if I you know I always worry, am I going to outgrow stand up? Uh, Of course your, you know your audience can also come with you you know. uh, Well, what it is I guess is, will I be able to play for the same ages the audiences that go to the comedy cellar? You know, yeah. If I go do Vegas, people that are going to come to see me yeah. are going to be my audience, <laughs> yeah. you know? But I want to go into a club and be able to go on stage. And I don't know. I don't know if it's a, I don't know what, you know, there are, there are comics all, older who, who I still hold up uh, you know in your 50s now it's nothing i mean oh yeah i mean you know sebastian menescalco's in his 50s yeah, you know right yeah yeah uh, and mark Marin's in his late 50s sandler sandler and kevin james are all in the 50s so i think that's happening too you know um 50s and 60s is not as old as it yeah. used to be Chris
1: rock is in his 50s late yeah they're yeah. all late 50s spade
0: yeah. spade and everything yeah yeah um but what what makes it a style where you where it holds up? I, I I you know I don't know if it's having that conversational style. Maybe yeah. Like if if someone was a a character, does that hold up over the test of time? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Maybe. Probably, maybe not. Probably not. Maybe not. Yeah. Well, because
1: it's authentic to who you are, right? Like like my favorite book on directing is Ilya Kazan on directing, yeah. and he. I'm paraphrasing but he, but he says this thing that stuck with me which is like the directors who lose it with age are dire- are trying to be hip and young and right. they're not honest to what their age actually is. Right. And I I think that's right. true of stand up. I think it's true of movies.
0: Yeah, yeah, I never thought of it. Yeah. Yeah, like I I wonder I'm I'm thinking about my I I don't consciously do that when I write stand up, you know? Yeah. I don't say, all right, I've got to bring it up to date. I just, I just, I don't know how you write, but I, yes, there are times where I'm like, all right, what's a, let's think of something funny. But the majority of my act is either something funny pops in my head and I write it down, or my wife says something, I write it down. My kids say something, I write it down. Yeah, yeah. And then I expand on it from there. But I don't I don't sit down and say, time to write. Time Okay, let's yeah. think. Let's think. Time to write.
1: No, I always tell that to people because a lot of creatives listen to the show and I always say just like write everything down. Like yeah. literally keep a journal, write oh, it all yeah. down because it's all usually, I think, at least me and comedians I know, it's you write down things that happen and then at some point yeah. you go, oh, the punchline's this. Yes. I,
0: I long it, you know, in, in the back of my book – my I have my big calendar. I like the I like the I have a hard copy calendar. You know, yeah. month at a glance. Yeah. And the the last four or five pages that are blank are new new bits. And I just have those buzzwords of the stupidest things. Yeah, yeah. And whatever. And will they amount to a bit? Yeah. If I go, I mean, I don't know if they'll amount to it, but I have to take it on stage. And I you know in one week at the cellar, you can I can kind of. No, if it's a bit or not, because I, yeah. I can get on stage 15 times, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't have it—I don't even have a bit written
1: out. I just have the word. Um, I'll tell you the one thing about the cellar that's funny that that is is—because it's New York, it's different. Is like I told this story at the cellar recently. It was just true from the subway. I was on the subway home, and there was a person who took off their shoes. I was like, ah. And then they took— <laughs> Then they took off their pants, and I was like, Oh, I long for this, those taking off the shoes days. (laughs) Those are the good times. That's funny.
0: (laughs) That's funny. I have written in my book, There's nothing with the subway. I just, and again, I don't have a bit. I just thought I was watching TV, and it was the kid at the zoo who falls into the gorilla pit. Oh, yeah. You know, that happens. Yeah, yeah. So my and I don't know if if this will develop into a bit, but my thought was, uh, you think when when one of when a little kid falls into the gorilla pit, the other gorillas look at each other and go, "We're gonna take a bullet in the head now, aren't we? Yeah,
1: Yeah, we're gonna
0: (laughs) we're gonna get shot in the head because of this little asshole."
1: Oh my god! Is it really funny? (laughs) That's
0: a that's a great joke. You kidding me? I gotta go somewhere with it. I gotta figure out where it goes. Like,
1: just don't go near I, him. Don't go near him, Oh, I think, that's, it, I think it's done. Yeah.
0: Don't go near him. <laughs> yeah, the other gorilla's like, I, I gotta go. I gotta, <laughs> right? I gotta sniff him out or <laughs> <There's> something. <laughs>
1: Okay, this is called The Slow Round. What nicknames did you have in your life that were really good or really bad? I had um, Dizzy. Dizzy. That's nice. Is it a good one? That's positive, I think. Yeah. What's it based on?
0: I forgot. About, I think some guy just said it once because I, I, I may have, one of the older kids thought I was being stupid and said, oh, what are you, Dizzy? And then they started calling me Diz the Wiz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, did you get you get hit growing up did you get beat up beat up yeah like was it I mean, tough I wouldn't say was I got Queens bullied. tough
0: you know I mean it wasn't you know uh, I'm not gonna make like I did. it was one of those tough neighborhoods where we, uh, we got in fights every day but I got held up twice at um, at gunpoint in the gas station I worked at I, yeah, when I was, um, I guess I was nineteen twenty. I worked pumping gas uh, in Yellowstone Boulevard in Queens, and two separate times, yeah, I, I got held up. Two so guys. Did you, with you guys. give the
1: person cash?
0: Yeah, this is when it was all. You this is all
1: cash. That, well, it
0: wasn't all cash. There was credit cards, but you had to take the credit card, go and kinking, and you yeah, know, yeah, uh, it wasn't automated at the pump. You know, yeah. And there was a kid who came in and. Young guy pretended he needed to use the payphone. This is when there were payphones, oh and it was just me and this other guy working. The young guy working, and we just running out, coming in, and and he kept pretending the phone was busy. And he looked; he was a young kid, looked like a college kid. We we ne- we never suspected it, you yeah. know. And we started talking with him, laughing and whatever. And he was waiting for the right time, you know, because cars yeah. kept coming and cars kept coming in. Cars kept coming in. And at the right moment, when there was a lull, he pulled out a gun. He had a gun in his. Seat. He goes, "Guys, I like you. Don't do anything." Oh my gosh! We lay down. Yeah, and we we let him take all the cash, and he left. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Second time was the guy in the car. Um, it was two guys in a car, one in the front seat, one in the back seat. I should have known right then. You know, one guy went was in, in the, the front, front, one in the back. Yes, and it was at night when we and we have a sign that says we. We don't make change. Yeah. Because we want to let them know we don't have money on us. You yeah. Know? And the guy in the front said, uh, I want three. This is how long ago it was. He wants $3 of gas. Yeah. And he goes, he only has a $10 bill. And I said, all right, I'll give it to you. And I pump the gas. He, he gets the 10. He hands me the 10. And I take out a wad of money. It's all singles, but yeah. it looks like a lot. It looks a like a lot of money. Which was good. And go, and then I hear from the back seat uh, yo. And as soon as, as soon as I heard yo, I went, oh no. Oh, and I looked and he, he had a gun pointing out the window. And um he said, Give me all that. Throw it in. And I threw it in. And he goes, Empty your pockets too. And I I I I take out my wallet and he goes, Throw that in here. And I know I was scared. I'm oh. not saying I'm a brave guy, but <laughs> I, I, know I was where scared. This is going. <laughs> but I, I said to him, um, and I showed him what was in the wallet. It was only a dollar. I go, can I give you the dollar? But I want to keep my license and whatever. And the guy took the dollar and he goes, yeah, you can keep that too. He gave, he let me keep the wallet and let me keep my dollar. <laughs> and then they drove off. I knew
1: exactly where you were going that story because the moment you said, "Give me your wallet," I, I, in my mind, it became my wallet. Yes, and, and then like, I got to oh, renew my license, the license, I gotta, and the this yeah, and the that. Yeah. And yeah. the social security card. But, Where, you know, we were, it was a, a, either not a bad time, neighborhood.
0: It wasn't that bad a yeah. neighborhood. You got held up at gunpoint twice.
1: Yeah. I mean, wow. Well, you're, yeah. you're trying to downplay yeah, a bad know, neighborhood? That, I mean, that's not a good neighborhood. It wasn't like it was,
0: uh, you know. It wasn't Main
1: Streets. No, it wasn't Main Streets. Wow. Um, what can you, oh my gosh, is, this was is so obvious for you. I always ask people, can you think of a moment in your life that changed your life, but you didn't know it at the time? That I didn't know it at the yeah. time? You didn't know at the time it was going to change your life, and then it did.
0: Well, I mean, career-wise, it's it's uh, Letterman, yeah. you know, doing Letterman. Yeah. Because uh, I just thought it was going to be a great spot. I mean, doing Letterman is a—it could change you. Just having a good spot on Letterman could help your career, you yeah, know. Yeah, no, I had the same but, thing. But does it lead to a TV show? You yeah. Know?
1: Yeah. I, I'm very micro-level, I had the same thing. You had a great Letterman. I had a good Letterman, and then I got to tw- right. I did be get to be a headliner, right, twenty four right. years old. I get to be what year did you do Letterman? Two two thousand two, I think. Oh wow! So it was like yeah, it completely changed everything. Yeah, and 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 then you because cause for me it's like once you get to do an hour, yeah, you can work out an hour. Yeah, and for you obviously it's series your whole life.
0: Yeah, I did get to 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 do Carson also. Right before he retired, I did it in '91. The thing was, at that point, it wasn't like doing Carson in the late '70s, yeah. where you became a an instant almost household name, yeah. headliner. You know, it was still the pinnacle for a comedian. It was the dream. Yeah. Me and my friend, one day in the kitchen, my brother was in the other room. We were the funny guy. You know, whatever we thought, and and I think we had been drinking a little bit. And my older brother, we were, we were busting his chops, you know, and we said, and he was telling us to shut up, whatever, inside, you know, we were being stupid. And then we just said, we're going to be on Carson. Oh,
1: my gosh. And he, goes,
0: he goes, you're not going to be on Carson. I go, within within five years, we're wow. going to be on Carson, you know. It, it took probably 20, yeah. 15, 20 years, and it was just me yeah, on yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, 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 we, but we did throw that out there. Uh. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, I think we might have
1: made a bet. We
0: might have bet them that like in five years, we'll bet you five dollars, we'll be on cousin.
1: You you had the you had the existence of an archetype that comedians wanted for like 20 years that followed it. Like which is you went to Montreal just for laughs, you did New Faces, you did Letterman, and then from Letterman you got a deal with Letterman's company to do a sitcom, and the sitcom's a hit. And from that point on Every manager and agent was like, go to Montreal, create a comedy set that's about your life. And yeah. it becomes a sitcom. And even I, had, I, even I, I had that where they, I did New Faces and I did Letterman. And they tried to build a, a sitcom around my life. And then I realized, like, this doesn't feel right. And I right. kind of walked away from it and did what I did. Did you have a Letterman development deal? <laughs> it wasn't with that company, oh. Oh, but it was, with, it was with CBS. Oh, okay. I had a CBS yeah. pilot they shot. Right, right. My Life, Mike Birbiglia Project, whatever it was. And then it was like, but it was weird because I feel like your your show had artistic integrity. They did not let our show have artistic integrity. Yeah. Like, by the time we finished the pilot, it didn't feel like me at all. Yeah. But yours did. Like, how did you do that?
0: Yeah, we had to fight for stuff, too. I mean, they wanted to take it out of the city. Oh, they wanted, yeah they really they, they, they felt like we we had to appeal to Middle America, wow, and that's why we gave them long we, we compromised and gave them long Island, oh, interesting, yeah, although I, we wanted it to be in Queens or whatever yeah. Yeah, 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 and they said it won't appeal to middle meantime at the time, Seinfeld was the number New one York City, show yeah, yeah, the number one show yeah ever, yeah, they wanted the wife to be a little more. Uh, you know, uh, un un unethnic, you know?
1: Yeah. I've heard Phil Rosenthal talk about this, your partner. Yeah. Talk about also like, we need someone who's like super hot to be the wife and all that stuff. And it's like, they gave us that, they were giving us that note at the network and we were like, no, no, no. It's supposed to be funny. Yeah. It's not about who's the, it's not a modeling contest. This is insane. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How about when Phil went to, uh, to Russia and brought the show to yes. Russia. And they wanted to, the wife has to be glamorous, dressed yes, dressed to the nines every day. And yes. sort of like, she's she's a housewife, she's doing laundry. You know, there's a little story to that Letterman spot. So this is the spot that Got your I, show. I'm here. This yeah, is yeah. The, why I'm here. <laughs> why you're here yeah. Yeah. on this podcast. So it's my first Letterman on backstage. And I'm watching the show, and Dave is doing a bit about, can we cut your pants into shorts? Mm. And his first guess is Mel Gibson. And he, and because it's kind of, it's May, maybe, so, sh- you know, uh, summer is coming, and he he's going to summarize everybody's pants, and he cuts Mel Gibson's pants into shorts. Uh, right out there, you know? Mel, Mel wasn't expecting it, and the crowd goes nuts. Yeah, And then... He he goes, Paul. You got to have your pants. and he cuts Paul Shavers pants, yeah. and then he goes, I, you know, I'm, and I got to be a good sport. Uh, uh, I'm doing a few, and he cuts his own pants into shorts. Yeah. So I'm backstage, and we're all thinking. I go, should I go out <laughs> with should I go out with cut pants? <laughs> like go out, he, Ray, ladies and gentlemen, Ray Romano, and walk out, and my pants are <laughs> already cut. And the producer brought back scissors, and he goes, you got you got to go, you got to go out with that. You got to cut your pants off. Oh, that's and so like, funny. and we had the scissors, and I was. Yeah, I guess. And at the last minute, I rethought it. I, <laughs> well, because I said I thought <laughs> it might get a laugh, but this, this is I'm an I'm, I'm an unknown, and I'm walking out. Yeah. And it it's a little distracting. Yeah, there's an initial, but it's also like you're not part of the club. Yet. Yeah,
1: you're not part of the club.
0: Yeah. And I and I made the choice not to do it. Now, listen, I had a great set, even in my, I'm hard on myself. That that set was really good. It, it led to this. And I told Dave this at the very end. I go, and I think if I came out with those pants, I don't know if this happens.
1: You I know? agree. I think if you cut off the pants. The dynamic changes. The I think all changes. of a sudden, it's the night that's about the pants. Right. And it's not about, oh, this new voice in comedy. Right. It's a guy who's it's, kind of yes-ending the bit.
0: It's a little thing, but you don't know how it, It snowballs. I think the butterfly effect is not there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think that's a smart move. Also, you ever hear the phrase "Don't you can't follow the costume"? No, I think that's a super smart. Yeah. I don't know who invented this phrase, but it's it's such a smart point. Which is like, if you come on in a silly outfit, big outfit, you wear, you know, a chicken suit or whatever, it's funny. For yes. a minute, yes. and then you got to do something. <laughs> you know what's funny? Sometimes you'll say, you and I will be back to back at the cellar, and you'll be like, "You'll be like, oh, great, I got to follow. Yeah, married stuff. Married uh, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with more married <laughs> stuff. Is there anything that you feel like you can't follow for real?
0: At the cellar, the funny thing about the cellar is I'm always, first of all, I'm, I don't care how long I've been in this business, I'm always nervous about, about following whoever's up there. David Tell used. To, oh. tell's
1: hard to follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But but it's subject matter. Like with you, it's it's subject matter. Yeah. Like I saw Paul Reiser at the at um the Comedy Magic Club. I was like, you and I cannot work together. That's funny. Yeah, because he's He's he, hating the same stuff. Yeah, we're talking about relationships, marriage, wife, wife yeah. our wife hates us, the whole thing. Yeah. I have a new
1: bit about marriage, which is that that I've been working on, which is like uh in marriage, I think the, the most special thing is that you can communicate so much with so few words. Like yes. a friend of mine was like, I want to go skydiving and I want you to come. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. And I went home to my wife. I relayed this. And she said, are you going to do that? And that's when I realized I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> I said, no, because I'm more afraid of my wife's judgment of me than I am of jumping out of an airplane at 30,000 feet. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, no. I'm right. I feel like I'm in that space right now where I'm trying to, like, when I'm writing new material, it's like eighty to ninety percent of my life is spent with my wife and daughter. Yeah, it's like, what am I gonna write about? Yeah, that's it for me, man. True, <laughs> same with me. And and of course, and Jenny's a poet, and so a lot of look when I wrote the last show, the new one about having a child, like I used her poetry in it, uh-huh. and so she was a writer on it, and yeah, so it yeah, was yeah. less. <laughs> There's was less uh, – it's just a less challenging thing because ultimately, like, her words are her words. Like, yeah. she expressed it with this, you know, right, I'd right. say the poem. But um, auto, doing autobiographical writing about relationships, marriage, whatever it is, it's challenging because ultimately comedy is based on conflict. Yes. Films are based on conflict. I mean, your whole film is based on yeah. conflict.
0: Yeah, it's funny. People used to say about Everybody Loves Raymond – why are they always fighting? And, <laughs> and yeah, the answer. Well, what do you do? You want us to just be sitting on the couch, getting along? Yeah. And then, what episode is that? What, tell me what's what's that episode about? You know. Yeah, it's conflict. And my wife, um, we I got COVID for the first time a month, two months ago, two days before her birthday. She was turning sixty, and we planned a big party in a restaurant. Here in New York, you know, we rented out a restaurant floor or whatever, and now I can't go. Right, and, and she's she's going to the elevator in our apartment, and I'm standing in the doorway in my pajamas, you know. And I, she says, "She's before she gets in the elevator, she turns and I wave, and I go happy birthday," thinking maybe she'll say, "You know, we're gonna miss you. You know, hope you feel better." And she just looks at me and goes. I feel like punching you. Oh,
1: my gosh. <laughs>
0: Jesus. Oh, my gosh. you blaming me for that. Because she knew that there was probably a little bit of me that liked that I didn't have to go. Oh, that's, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. But, that's the thing about marriage is that, that yeah. is
1: worth writing about is that you're so close to somebody that actually they can read your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what makes the dramatic element, I think, worth watching. Even in the movie – The relationship between your character and Laurie Metcalf's character is very deep. But part of what Mm. makes it deep is the conflict. Right, right. The characters are in conflict with each other, like, quite a bit.
0: Right. And we also wanted to write it, you know, coming from people who don't, can't articulate much like Oh, that's interesting. Don't say it that much,
1: you know? Yeah, they're not in couples therapy or anything. No, no,
0: no. So, you know... You know, she's struggling with her fear of of dying, cancer. Yeah, you yeah. Know, can- cancer, and they don't know. You know, he doesn't really know how to uh, deal with that and process it. You know, but he says it in the best way he can. You know, just like the father says, gives finally gives the kid guy a compliment, but yeah. it's on his back. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can't. He can't even do it face to face.
1: It's interesting because if you think about it, like conflict in movies or jokes or whatever, it's like in some ways it indicates that the people care about each other at all. That they don't? <laughs> that they yeah. do. That they yeah. that they care about each other at all. Like right. when I'm watching Somewhere in Queens yeah. and your, your character and Laurie Metcalf's character are arguing the way they are, I'm like, yeah, that's a marriage. You're like, oh, they love each other. Yeah, they love each other. <laughs> That's funny. They're gonna be there yeah. for each other. Honestly, if I was watching the movie and they're indifferent, yeah, and like I'm not there. Yeah, well, that was the key for everybody. That was Raymond? Is
0: yeah, yeah. They, yes, they yell and scream every episode, isn't that? But you know
1: that they love each other. You know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you ever uh, have rules for how to make sure that that's expressed? Like, did you ever have? We, a, we, did we you ever have a tip a, over thing where you're like, this is too much, too much arguing?
0: I'm sure we did, but we always had, I think, you know, we wanted to always get somewhere, you know? So, yeah, they're going to yell and scream and I'm going to do something horrible and stupid and whatever. But there's going to be, within those 22 minutes, there's going to be an arc and you're going to, he's going to learn something. Somebody's going to learn something, you know, subtly. It's not going to be pushed in in your face and it's not going to be, uh, we're not going to be preaching to anybody. But but always something, you know, yeah. a little bit of something, you know. And I think that's why people stuck with it is because, yes, we attack each other, but but I think they felt – you give them just – you just give them a, a little taste of sweetness and love and then you can yes. – it goes a long way, you know. Yeah. I did – I remember the father, there was an episode where – Peter Boyle uh, did something with a baseball he I don't know what it was but I remember Phil wanted me to kiss him on the head and I said Phil no no we never my character would never and we when Phil and I never really came to odds at anything yeah you know Phil's thing in the writer's room was whenever I would say no no my character wouldn't do it he would say, "Yes, but that's why you do it because your character <laughs> wouldn't do it." And I
1: say, "Okay, I can never." Wait, what's his logic? That's why you do it because yes. he wouldn't do yes, it. Yes,
0: yes, he thought that was what was good about it. it was we don't think he would do it. I go, I guess I can never argue a point then. If 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 but the that's... reason I do it is because I wouldn't do it, then uh, I guess uh, anything you put down, I I have to do. But he just did it at this one moment. It was funny. I I I, I, I always uh, call him on that. But but in this part he see, he he wanted me to kiss Peter Well in the head at this sweet moment, and I thought it was too much for th- these two guys, you know. And we were going back and forth, back and forth. And it was it, it wasn't loud or con- you know, um, and he finally said to me, "Just do the scene, and if you feel it, do it." Yeah. If you feel it, do it. Which It yeah. was, was very smart. That is smart. He knew I was yeah, going to yeah. do it, <laughs> and I did. I oh, did that's it. nice. Yeah. And it was, you know, the audience loved it.
1: I have a thing I'm working on right now about marriage, which is that my wife... The thing that I love most about my wife is that she's so thoughtful, much more thoughtful than me. I go the other day, she made me a pancake, and then I go, "Pancake!" You, you, I go, "You heard that?" I go, "You heard that?" <laughs> I see it you on your car. Yeah, yeah, pancake. Pancake. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I was working with Bert last week, but uh, I go pancake, and I go, which because she understands my health profile, she knows the right amount of pancakes oh, for me to eat is pancake.
0: That's a great joke because. It's just you're just taking one letter, one letter, and 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 it's a joke now. Yeah, Instead yeah, of, yeah. If you said she's making me pancakes, it's not a joke. Yeah, and you're just removing one letter.
1: Yeah, but but then oh. the oh, so then the follow up joke to that is is and I go so so she makes me pancake and I go thank you for pancake and then I <laughs> and then I I wanted to do something nice for her because my love language is keeping score, and <laughs> and then what I do at the in the, the crowd, because usually, literally, someone claps, and I go, "If you're clapping,
0: way about keeping score? Yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah." I go, "If you're if you're clapping, it's because you're you're keeping score, and if you're yeah. not, and if you're not clapping, you're keeping score, and you're losing."
0: That's funny. That's I. I. This is not. We're not doing the same bit. No, 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 but, no. But I do the. I do a thing about scoring points. Oh, with you my do. You same thing? Not the same Similar, thing. Similar. Yeah. But I, I. I say. I just bring it up like the other day I scored points with my wife mm. and and ladies you know we we're, we're always trying to score points and, and and every guy is trying to score points I don't know what game we're in with you. Yes, <laughs> but, but you have the lead ah. at all times. I say we are like the Washington Generals. You know the Harlem Globetrotters play the. Oh the team the Harlem gosh. Globetrotters play.
1: Yeah, that's a great take. Yeah. So one yeah, of my
0: yours is 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 different. It's funny. Oh no, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. No, yeah.
1: One of my one of mine that that yours reminds me of is I go. Uh, I go. It's marriage is teamwork, and we've lost a lot of games. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we're in a slump. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. In. Uh, and at, sometimes at the end of the of the game, I'm like, I was under the hoop for an hour, yeah. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, you couldn't score if you had a yeah. ladder and no defense.
0: I was open. <laughs> I, was I was open, open all games. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's great though. Your your take is actually more filled out than mine, which is this idea that like that like. You're basically, that you're keeping score because you kind of know the other person's winning. Because they they're always in, the, yeah They're in the lead already. Yes. That's interesting. Yes.
0: We we always need points because we're behind, we're always behind on points.
1: But it's funny because yeah. I think the reason people are clapping, why that yes. keeping score thing gets a reaction, is I think sometimes people, there's no outlet for, in this the same reason everyone loves Raymond connects with people? It's like, there's no outlet for people to be like, this is, this dynamic of marriage and relationships and living together for your whole life. And it's your lover and it's your, your it's the mother of your child and it's your wife and it's your, mother, your roommate. Yeah. Like, it's so complex that if you can put words to it with yes. an
0: analogy or any, anything. There's no outlet for people to uh, share. Um, what's the the stuff that's hard? About, the stuff that's wrong about it, you know. The stuff that's hard about it, you yeah. know. Yeah, you know, for people to to uh, bond over. Yes, yes, that's that, I go through that same shit, yes. you know. Yes. you know, yeah. You can't complain to you. You know, it's you don't want to complain to her about it. <laughs> no, so you want to see other people talking about it. Yeah. say, like, fuck, I go through the same thing. Yeah, like I do a bit, and this is, this happened. This is what happened. I think you you must have heard this. We were having dinner uh, with my son and his girlfriend, just me and my wife at our house. And in the middle of it, I got a text and it was from my wife. Mm-hmm. It was right there. And it was just two words, chewing loud. <laughs> yes. And, and, chewing and, loud. <laughs> and I, that happened to me. I wrote it down and I took it on stage and I just said it. And it got a huge
1: laugh. I, I, I figured, wife, it was basically your wife commenting on the
0: you. Talking to me, you. yes. Yeah. Yes, chewing loud. <laughs> chewing yeah, loud. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm saying I thought I was, I, I need to write a
1: punchline here. And no. No, the, that's I, it. Sometimes the setup is the punchline. Yeah. Pancake. Pancake. <laughs> The last thing we do is we call it Working Out for a Cause. If there's an organization like a nonprofit or anything that you donate to or anything, we we donate to them and they li- we link in the show notes to them.
0: Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, we we have a couple, but uh, the main one we go to is Harvest Home. It's called Harvest Home. It's in L.A. And it's a nice organization that takes women who are pregnant, who are find themselves either to be homeless or just out of work and it helps them you know it takes them in and helps them have you know puts them on their feet and helps them have their baby and get get them work and a job and all that
1: yeah so we'll link to harvesthome.org and um we'll donate to them and ray thanks for coming on this is just all like right. a phenomenal you're gonna edit it
0: right we gotta we're gonna yeah. tighten it up God.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Ray. All right, you. man. Fix it in post. Fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. Working it out because it's not done. We're Working it out because there's no... That's going to do it for another episode of Working It Out. That is Ray Romano. I just feel lucky to know that guy. So funny. So talented. Uh, he's a legend. Ray Romano's a legend and his movie's fantastic. Somewhere in Queens... Jenny and I loved it. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Peter Salamone and Joseph Berbiglia, associate producer Mabel Lewis, consulting producer Seth Barish, assistant producers Gary Simons, Lucy Jones, and Nick Dimitralakis. Sound mix by Ben Cruz, supervising engineer Kate Bolinski. Special thanks to Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall, as well as David Raphael and Nina Quick. My consigliere is Mike Berkowitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music Of course, J-Hope Stein, my wife, the poet. Special thanks, as always, to my daughter, Una, who built the original radio fort made of pillows. Thanks, most of all, to you who are listening. If you're liking the show, go on Apple Podcasts and spend two and a half minutes writing a review. Just say what your favorite episode is. It might be this one. I think it could be this one. I'll see you next time, everybody. (laughs) We're working it out.